Hi, you found us again on Boomerangst. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And today we have a few topics to go over. One is Mike just ordered an Echo Dot, the famous Alexa contraption. Alexa, who would ever think that Big Brother would show up with a pseudonym, <laughs> <of> Alexa? <laughs> but here she is. We're going to then discuss the Amazonification of our current lives. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily. Especially if you're a consumer goods-driven American. <laughs> yes. And life hacks, how we get through certain things that have hefty price tags and we manage to... Uh, we save money. Save money. We <laughs> save money. <laughs> we cheat the system. Also, I went to a Lights for Liberty vigil on Friday evening, and I wanted to talk about that. That had to do with the Men's Detention Center in downtown L.A. And the reasons for that, the um, migrants' treatment and all of that. Let's talk about little Alexa. Alexa! Well, here's the thing. As you know, I'm in this small musical comedy production with a woman named Maven, and we rehearse at her house. She's 88 years old, and she has Amazon technology all over her house, and she's very comfortable with it. And I feel she, have? she has Alexa. What is it called? She has the Amazon Echo in all her rooms. So if we're rehearsing and she'll say, well, I want you to sing it more like George Hearn sang it. And I'll say, well, I don't know how George Hearn sang it. And she'll go, Alexa, play George Hearn singing I Am What I Am. And Alexa plays it. That's amazing. She's so totally comfortable with it. It often doesn't understand her because she has a very thick New Orleans accent. Yes. And so she sometimes has to scream at it a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what? Anyone listening to this now, to us, on a speaker in their home who has an echo. Yes. It will have turned yes, on because I said so clearly the A word. Well, before we got on our podcast, I was asking you why they didn't just call it an echo, why they had to call it Alexa. Because oh, it didn't right. make sense to me that you they address would address it as Alexa. You well, it. it's not Alexa. It's an echo. But through the echo, you access Alexa. Is she Siri? She's okay. a virtual human, okay. a virtual assistant. But as far as I know, we're not to confuse the, the machine. Okay. We're not supposed to confuse that with Alexa, who is this disembodied spirit. Don't you see it that way? No, I thought they were one and the same. What no, does the dog you're not do? talking... Well, this is how I see it, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Sounding more and more like her, <laughs> the movie Her. The item in your house, whether it's an Amazon Echo or an Amazon Echo 2, there's like seven or eight different kinds now. Wow, I had no idea. That's the device. Okay. Alexa is not a device. Alexa is a disembodied human that you talk to through the device. Is she in the cloud somewhere? Yes, does the dot do anything other than channel you to Alexa? It's kind of a, what do you call it? It's an interface, I think, between me and this maybe fictional, <laughs> maybe not person named Alexa, who then answers my questions and turns on lamps for me. Do you have to do anything to it to get it to turn on the lamps? I think you have to somehow set it upright and set your lamps upright. And, okay, so and, it takes some uh, You have to do wiring. some... Yeah, it's like Bluetooth, I think, a little bit. Oh, you okay. You have to pair it with things in your house okay. that are able to be paired with it. And I, I don't know how that works yet because I haven't gotten it. But I thought, well, shoot, I, here I am, a 65-year-old boomer. I'm not tech-averse. You're savvy. You do I'm coding. savvy in some ways. I don't do certain things like some of the social media sites. Oh. I'm just learning how Twitter really works. Okay. But in terms of computers, phones, I'm pretty into it. I don't think I'm a Luddite. But... 
in the realm of these digital assistants who reside in your home and turn on lights for you, that's very new for me. And that's the weirdest thing is, I don't know what to do with the Echo Dot. Like once I get it, I'm going to find out. I just You'll got it because I figured, weather. but finding out what the weather was, was one of the few things in my life that I already felt confident about. <laughs> that I didn't true. really need someone to help me with. <laughs> and yet it seems to be the really strong suit of the Echo is asking it what the weather is. That was my experience when I, my daughter first got it. She asked it the weather. Yeah. Wow. It's not just you talking to her. You never know if she's listening to you. Oh, she you never know if Amazon is, well, she's listening for her name because that's her cue. Okay. So in that sense, she's listening. But we don't know. I mean, I was joking about Big Brother, but we don't really know if Amazon is collecting sound content that they hear in my home when I'm not talking to Alexa. Well, there was a murder that happened, and I, I can't speak very educatedly about it because I don't know what city it was in. It was within the last two years, though, and the prosecutors wanted to have access to the Alexa, to the Echo that was in the home. Oh, in order to see. Well, there's the they answer. They didn't know, but they wanted to see if there was Possibly. a collection of data that uh -huh. might lead them to right. the, the killer. The killer. Yeah. I mean, I think the killer was pretty well known, but they wanted to have that kind of data right. in order to reinforce right. their case. Right. I have facial recognition on my oh, yeah. iPhone. Yeah. And I love it. I love not having to stick my thumbprint on oh, or right. put in my password, all of that right. stuff. But facial recognition is now a big industry. Right. And there's a collection service that is getting all of our profiles on yes. it, all of our faces on it. What's interesting to me and what shows how powerful their marketing is, is I felt drawn to buy this thing online today. And to my credit, I waited and it was at an, what's considered an excellent price. But I got it without any strong sense of a need for it. Uh -huh. I got it because people I know have them and I just felt I should have it. Now, to, to be that unconscious about a purchase and still to go through with it and hit the buy button. Right. That means that, who's the guy from Amazon? Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is doing something very yes. smart, if not maniacal, He's the about getting capitalist. into our heads. There's something about creating a need where there wasn't one before. That's what Starbucks did. They created a need for this sort of curated coffee experience that nobody knew that they had a need for. Right. Before Starbucks showed up on every other corner. So I think that that's what Jeff Bezos is brilliant at creating this Prime Day and convincing people that they have to become Prime members if they haven't already. And Do you have to be a Prime member to buy on Prime so. Day? Yeah. I encourage you so to sign up. So you have up. to sign up. You had said Amazon was kind of like the Wells Fargo wagon. It is. It is. It is. I, I, look, I know there's an evil side to consumerism and the corporatist culture that we're in, but... When I order something from Amazon, I feel happy that <laughs> something's going to show up on my doorstep in a couple yeah. of days. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be an exciting item. No. Here's the last two things I bought on Amazon. Glide Dental Floss, which is my very favorite brand of dental floss. Mine too. I love it. Yes. But I ordered that and I ordered, <laughs> I ordered effervescent cleaning tablets for my dental night guard that I soak when I get up in the morning. But here's the kicker. Because here we are with our boomer show in our <laughs> mid-60s, and we're still hanging on pretty well, thankfully. But 
I did read on Amazon or no on on Google that these tablets that you put they fizz and they make a little cleaning solution for your night guard. Yeah. And it costs for like a three month supply. It costs about sixteen dollars. You can buy you can buy denture cleaner for like a third or a fourth of the price. Okay. And it is the same product, but it's much cheaper. There's a life hack for you. Yes, it is a life hack, but it also tells us that we don't want to be thought of by anyone who here's oh, my Oh, you don't want a denture. I don't want that name on yes, the box. Yes, of course. Because not. God forbid the you cleaning lady somebody, or maybe yes. somebody someday someone might come home with me <laughs> and, and look under my bathroom sink. And if it says denture cleaner, I'm fucked. Yeah. But if it says yeah. retainer brightening, <laughs> I'm fine. But but to answer you, when I was in high school, one Christmas time, I had a job delivering gift baskets oh. in my car. I guess people that they knew had ordered these gift baskets to be delivered to them. Yeah. And I'll never forget one time I couldn't find the right apartment number in this apartment building and I needed to leave it with somebody. Oh. And so I went to the apartment that it was for. It was this beautiful big gift basket and they weren't there. So I just looked around so I could find someone who was home because it was morning. And I knocked on a woman's door and she opened the door and she saw me with the her. gift basket. Oh no. And her face lit up. Oh my God. It lit up. And now that I look back, I should have just found a way to say, This is for you from a from a secret admirer. Or but it would have a card. Would she would have, have figured it out eventually. Sure. And when I told her, I, I said, Is it possible this is for your neighbor? Could I possibly leave it? I saw her so crestfallen and I feel ever since that day I feel like I ruined her life. <laughs> Not really. I'm exaggerating. But it was sad. But the point is, when something comes to your door, even if it's an Amazon package, there's some expectation of, oh, something new for so me. Saying, and that's why the Wells Fargo wagon song from Music Man applies. Plays in your head. It applies. Yeah. I got stuck on it when I didn't have a car for those two and a half years. And I couldn't buy something that was heavy and carry it on my bicycle or carry it on the bus or carry it on the metro. Right. So I had a very heavy birdcage delivered one time. And I was so grateful that the guy who was delivering it brought it up my stairs and brought it into my apartment. Mm. So to me, it was kind of irreplaceable. But then it became not just about the large heavy things, but it became about anything that was big and bulky. Oh, yeah. I mean, it became about paper towels or, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. things that I just didn't want to be bothered with trying to transport myself. Now that I have a car and could buy these things, I still find myself ordering them through Amazon. It comes in a big old box. We know I don't recycle, but still the big old box bothers me. There's so much packaging. There's so much yeah. plastics and so much cardboard around one little thing that I right. get. So that seems a little ridiculous. And I have my pangs of guilt about that, really. Yeah. It's the same thing as social media. It like it's a convenience that really is wonderful. But is there a is there a cost that we're not recognizing in terms well, of yes. there's something that happens when you have an interaction with a real person exactly. in a real store. There's something about in-person human connection that we're losing a little bit. Oh, completely. We're losing the mom and pop stores. Right. Because they can't compete. Right. And that leads me to texting versus phone calls. 
Oh, okay. I remember from our high school days, you and I used to have long conversations on the telephone. And, right. And I had an especially right. long telephone cord. Oh, So my I could God. walk around my apartment. Yeah. And I forgot all about that. Yes. Now we just communicate via text because it's efficient. And yes. I think that people who are not our age communicate through texts yeah. in a way that it's more like a conversation to them. Right. It just reminds me, do you remember when answering machines first came out? Oh, yes. And that was a big deal. Big deal. And it wasn't long before you would call someone and you would hope you get the machine rather than the person. Because, because you, you just want to wanted to, con- to well, you just wanted to convey a quick bit yes. of information. Yes, you didn't want to get drawn into a conversation or even draw them into one. You just wanted something efficient. So we had it, but that same impulse existed back then. Yeah, it was like that's true. oh, I hope they don't really pick up because I don't want to talk really for twenty minutes. But remember when call waiting happened? Oh yeah, that was amazing. That was such a revolution. That was a big deal because otherwise you'd have to make an emergency call if you wanted to reach some. That's right. That's right. Emergency and, call. Yeah and their line was busy and it continued to be busy, you would have to call the operator and ask them to break in on an emergency call. Right. And it was more recent, maybe the 90s, when caller ID came in and people fought it because they didn't didn't want want the lack of privacy. Yes, right. And and now you can still block your number, but good luck kind of really keeping it private because everything's everywhere. Well, also... And Alexa will tell. That's the thing about Alexa. Okay. Is that about a connection? You were going to say... I think it's a sub... It's a faux substitute for connection. For connection, okay. But it but it reveals. It feels like we're connecting. With it feels something. like connection, and it reveals the tender, simple fact that we need connection. Well, what you were doing was delivering gift baskets, right, from where one there person was, to another. There was relationship behind it. And in this case, we're getting packages sent from ourselves to ourselves yeah. <laughs> or by ourselves that's true to ourselves. i am my own gift giver but it still feels like a present but maybe that's the point now is that we are our own gift givers i have a name for this what is it retail masturbation <gasps> did you just i just shocked you didn't i yeah well because you said we do it for ourselves and i thought that sounds familiar where have i had that before oh yes now i remember so yeah okay i buy that i buy it i buy it it's also going back to your thing about the um looking for low prices what's that word you used for when we scam not scamming you you used it earlier yeah hacking i'm not up on that word oh you're not okay Mm -hmm. But a hack means a way you get in illegally, or not illegally, it, but it, you get in the back of, door, sort of. Yeah, it's a way of acquiring something. I mean, like bootleg, sort of. Kind not of quite. in a way, yes. It's like I get Retin-A from oh, right. my favorite online pharmacy. Yes, in India. Right. Uh, which we charges? Think. We, <laughs> we think. We think. No, no, no. They are in India. I confirm <laughs> this. They ship through China. Oh yeah. Which is That's kind right. of a mind-blowing concept. Yeah. But, so they are in India. We order online. So that means the Chinese government knows all about your dermatological habits. That's true. And they'll probably come and get me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but your skin will look skin so will radiant. fabulous. <laughs> yes. So instead of paying a hundred and some odd dollars for a tube of Retin-A gel, right. it's I think $13 or $11. Mm-hmm. Plus shipping is a, a slight fortune. It's, it's about $15 to $25. Okay. So the more you order, 
in one order. Order in bulk. Right. So I've myself ordered collectively Uh with other people just to get the shipping price. Right, right. But there are, yes. Well, maybe another time or now about life hacking, we could also talk about the trips to Mexico for dental care and Oh, you should talk about that. Because that's a life hacking thing for sure. Absolutely. That's a way to get cosmetic and dental. Right. Is that right? Yes, and huge numbers of people are doing it. I went with two friends who were going yeah. down for dental work. I was going down to try to get Botox, and I did get it, and it was ch- fairly cheap down there. Yeah. But it's a long ride, and you have to spend the night because it's such a long ride and come back. So it really pays off better for really expensive things. I was going to say like probably for Botox. having a bridge like put in your mouth or th- you know, things that cost 1000 or $2,000 here that cost yes. like a third of the price down there. But didn't you also say that some people who had dental work needed to go back because they had had That's problems? the problem. Well, with any dentist, whether it's here or there, yeah. sometimes something doesn't fit right, a crown doesn't quite fit right, or it comes loose or whatever. And then it becomes And that's expensive. where, a re- you know, for a five-hour drive for a return trip becomes difficult. Plus you also, don't you also stay overnight? Yeah. When I went with my three friends, that's how we did it. Okay. Because I imagine you could... There. Yeah. Well, 50 bucks a night, which oh, for yeah. the, but for this little one horse town, even that seemed a little high to me, but, really? but it was a fun adventure. You know, I'm addicted to this show on Netflix called Botched Up Bodies. Oh yeah. It's, it's a British show. And the thing that it has taught me is that should I ever go for any of this stuff, don't go to England. Oh. Because half of what these people have had done to them is that they have had some sort of industrial grade kind of substance put into their faces. Oh. In England, they don't have the kind of FDA that we do. It's probably true in the whole European community. Yes, and there are 27 substances that can be used for um, cosmetic purposes. Yeah. And in the United States, there are three. Oh, wow. I don't know. I, I imagine that some people have problems with it when they have it here. At the same time, the chances of it going wrong seem much higher. Yeah. In, uh, place where it's uncontrolled. So that would be my concern is going down to Mexico, what the hell is considered appropriate use for cosmetic terms and what is supposed to be used for caulking your bathtub. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really sounds a little scary to me. Right. And also, I guess I would worry if I was going for Botox, couldn't they just use water? How would you know? How, right. how would you know? It doesn't happen immediately. So you go away two weeks later, nothing happens, and you've blown your money. I guess that they oh. have some sort of reputation that they want to keep with the people who are coming over the border. The ones down in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about quality control and how you monitor that. Would that would be my concern. Yeah. Like, what's um, he really using? Yeah. yeah, because couldn't you... I mean, he, he lists the products on his website. He does. He says, this is what we do. Okay. And, you know, and he has these different fillers and Botox and what have you, and these different laser treatments and things. But no, I think it is a little more of a gamble. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, we live within driving distance of That's the right. We're near a border, which so, is wonderful. Yeah. We have that option. But, you know, for dental work, it's really important. I mean, th- these are people aren't going down there just to save money. They're going down there because they simply cannot have dental care in the U.S. under our system. Oh, they, well. It's simply completely un- unaffordable. Yes, and I have a situation where I had the option of buying a car 
right. or having just the beginnings of the dental work done for one of the teeth that I have that is no longer viable. Right. And I bought a car instead, mm -hmm. but the, the, it's a year long process wow. and there are bone grafts involved mm -hmm. and the total price was going to be for one tooth, $14,000. Wow. And I got a deep discount because of Medicare. Thing is, you have to go back and back and back for dental work. You have to have yeah, many visits, depending on what is actually being yes. done. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. So I think we're in a we're in a specific situation where we are close and can utilize that kind of service. Right. Anyway, speaking of the border, on Friday I went to something called Lights for Liberty. That was a vigil for mm -hmm. the men's detention center in downtown LA. And they I held them it, in a lot of different cities as well, right? Yes, many cities. In fact, I heard that there were over 700. I expected that the metro would be full because most people were using the metro to go downtown. It's just not worth it to drive down and try to find parking and all the rest of that business. Yeah. So we went on the metro, got to Union Station, walked just a couple of blocks, and lo and behold, there we were at the men's detention center that I never knew was there. And someone had made a huge banner that the men in the center could read. You know, it was oh, very okay. oversized so that people, I don't know, it was in Spanish saying, we see you. And there was a big chalk art display. Children were contributing to it. Mm -hmm. And it was just to let the detainees know that there was somebody other than the officers involved in containing them mm -hmm. around. Right. And that we were working towards some sort of solution. Right. Although right. the solution isn't evident at this point. No, but even just bringing visibility to the problem is part of the solution. Right. And protest is, as we see in Hong mm -hmm. Kong, there is some validity to right. being out in the streets. The protest wasn't nearly what I thought it would be. I, I honestly thought that thousands and thousands of people would come. It wasn't well advertised, it turned out, and there were 1,500 people, which was many more than I actually thought mm -hmm. I saw, um, just doing a, a visual count. But the lives of these people are so compromised and so horrifying that I just felt that I had to do something yeah. to make a noise. Or uh, we actually did the visual. We had lights. Everybody had either a flashlight or they had some kind of light that we turned on when it got dark. And this is sort of the political part of the podcast, but I do despair that there are small children and babies that are in detention centers and will be traumatized for the rest of yeah, their lives. Yeah, it's unthinkable. Yeah. It is. And how we got to this place, I just don't know. But someone today, when we were talking about it, said the brutality and the cruelty aren't a byproduct of this enterprise. They are the point. The point of it is to have this be the lesson of people who come across the border, whether they're seeking asylum, which most of them are, right. from El Salvador or Guatemala or wherever they are that is intolerable. Mm -hmm. They're seeking asylum and we are locking them up and treating them like criminals, like murderers. Even these tiny children, we're treating them like murderers. Mm. And there's no let up. There's no sign that anything is going to be done. There are, fortunately, what were reporters who came out of the facility in Clint, Texas, and had reports about what was happening to the small children there. And fortunately, that got out, and we were able to at least have the knowledge of how cruelly these children were being treated. They didn't have 
beds to sleep on or pillows or toothbrushes or shampoo. They, you know, I don't even know that they had diapers. There were reports that they didn't mm. and that they didn't shower and that the food that they got was basically inedible for some of them. The water that they had was so treated with chlorine that it was undrinkable. Mm. And when the children complained, anything that they had that was of comfort, their blankets were taken away from them and they were made to sleep on the floor, mm. on the concrete floor. And the lights are kept on all mm. day and all night. Mm. So sleep deprivation is a real problem. Anyway, this is an unremittent lament that I don't understand why it's continuing to happen where we now know that it is going on. And the men are basically, as the children are, in cages and they're so packed in that none of them can sleep. Mm. Or some can go to sleep while the rest are still, but there's there's no room for them to actually lie down. Right. And there's been discussion about whether it's a concentration camp or not. It's a concentration camp. Mm -hmm. It's there for the torture of these mm -hmm. these people who have committed the crime of wanting to actually have a life. Right and have their children have lives. Mm. So this story continues. Maybe by the next time we have a podcast, something will have been done. But it seemed like a necessary step to go on this vigil, but it didn't seem like it was going to move the dial at all. Mm. And I just don't know what it's going to take. Well, it seems to have raised your awareness of it and the more detail of it. You probably learned a lot about it by going on that and then multiply that times 1,500. That's not a small thing no it's not and over 700 you have locations. to it's like you said about the knocking on doors in orange county for the election you kind of have to have a little bit of faith that even if it's incremental and even if it's microscopic yeah. that there's something positive about drawing attention to it like that and how natural it, of course we feel powerless they want us to feel powerless that's the whole plot yes you know we're supposed to watch it and not care yes that's what they want well the base is supposed to Cheering relish it. this right yes this right. is why he's doing it so that he can say to his base right I treated those animals like mm -hmm. animals. Yeah, vermin. Yes. It's, yeah. Well, it's bad news. It's It reflects so badly on us, and I shudder to think what anyone in another country must think of us yeah. going through this and seeing that we are somehow powerless to affect mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And even though it's now, yeah, now we know. Now we're aware of it, and it still feels like we're banging on the doors and no one's opening. Well, yeah, it makes us, puts us in the stance of a kind of country that you might expect this from, a kind of country that Amnesty International would be working in yes. because they knew that there were these horrific in conditions the going on yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And we don't, we're going to need Amnesty, we're going to need international NGOs to come in and save us, help us at least, at least help the I victims. Hope they do. At I least hope help they the do. victims somehow. I mean, that would actually be. They must be. Toward. We should look into that and see yeah, what I bet. Should. I bet some of those organizations are working on this. Well, I know the ACLU is, but I haven't heard about Amnesty International. I, I wouldn't I, be surprised. I wouldn't either. It's a form of. It must be. A, they do political prisoners, yes. right? So it must come under that umbrella somehow. Yes, and and certainly it comes under the the, yeah. the banner of torture. Right. Because they're being tortured. Right. Well, we'll have to follow up on this because mm -hmm. it is something that is ongoing and doesn't seem to have an end to it. And we are, I mean, I certainly will be trying to find a way to have some kind of impact on right. what's going on. Oh. We said we weren't going to talk about Trump. That's it. We're not talking about Trump <laughs> anymore. We were going to make this a Trump-free podcast, but wouldn't you know, we... We veered. Yeah. Anyway... 
I think that is the end of our, our list? list. Wow. Yes. And no. I think we're going to fold this up and thank our listeners for coming on the ride with us. Thank you, boomers. Thank you. And we will talk to you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.